He knows how to take care of every need that we have, spiritual, physical, financial, emotional, whatever. God knows how to do that. My job is to trust him. My job is to believe him. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of his children. What God has done for our storytellers, he lives to do for you. Well, hello, you guys. It's Wednesday, and boy, do we have a treat for you today. We are um, sharing a story with you from the one and only Ken Gobb. And what do you want to say about Ken, babe? He's hysterical. Oh my gosh, I laughed hysterically throughout the whole thing. Like every time I listened. <laughs> he's he's just a sweet old man, been in ministry for, uh, well, since he was in his 20s, so 60 years. Uh, he's 80-something. And we read a story uh, published in a Joan Anderson book. And I reached out to him, uh, found his contact information, reached out to him, and we got to spend a little time on Zoom, and um, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, what a joy. You're in for a treat. You're listening to Ken's story, God Knows Where We Are. Yeah, I'm uh, Ken Gobb from Yakima, Washington, and I'm uh, an evangelist, missionary evangelist. My dad was a nightclub entertainer. My mother was a dancer, and that's how they met. And they moved to Yakima to get away from my uncle who found the Lord in Colorado. So the only place they could find to live in Yakima, Washington, was across the street from a church that had a revival uh, going on till midnight. You know, one of those kind. My mother, she didn't like all the singing and the music and everything. They weren't Christians then. They moved to get away from my uncle, as I said. And so mom said, you go over there and stop that meeting. And so my dad went over and he just went down, sat in the front seat. And uh, to make a long story short, my dad got converted that night, gave his life to Christ. Then my he when he went home, my mother was mad. She was going to divorce dad. So he didn't know what to do, but let mom go to the meeting. Mom went to the meeting and she got converted. And that was the story of how they got started. And then I uh, stayed home from church one night with my sisters. And um, I didn't know if it was a dream or a vision or what happened. But the Lord came into my room holding a white Bible and said, you will preach my word through this book. And that's why from years, you know, I've had a white Bible. But um, my parents came home and I was scared to death what happened and I was afraid to tell them. And I'd seen some miracles with my uh, dad uh, and things that were incredible. Like one time we were at uh, breakfast and dad said, uh, God just healed my car last night. And I looked at my sister. I thought, boy, they really lost it. God don't heal cars. And my mother said, how do you know it was the Lord? She said, well, his feet were sticking out under the car and they had nail prints in them. 
And I, I couldn't wait to go to church because that old mercury smoked so bad that when you took off from the light, uh, people had to wait for the next light because there was smoke everywhere. And that day we went to church, there were no smoke coming out of that car. And that car ran for a couple of years after that. So I, as a kid, saw miracles happen. And I knew that there must be a God somewhere that causes miracles to happen. Finally, I ended up, I, I went to Bible school because my dad was on the board in Seattle where he drove from, from Iowa to Seattle. And they put me uh, there in the Bible school and I wasn't even a Christian. So we went to church and I saw this girl singing in the choir. And I told my mother, you see that blonde in the choir? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry her. And she said, you're crazy. She don't even know you. I said, well, she will. She'll know me. And I tried to date her, but it didn't work. She said, I don't date non-unsaved boys. And I said, okay, I'm saved then. But that didn't work either. And I finally found the Lord. She was the one that really got me converted. And then we started ministry in Kentucky. And I pioneered a church. I led a man to the Lord on the street. And uh, I got out of Bible school, graduated. And I led a man to Christ on the street. And um, I, I said, you want to belong to my church? And he said, where, where is your church? I said, you're looking at it. I'm it. Me and my wife, we're just starting. And that was the guy that we later, two years later, turned a church over to. And uh, we went out in evangelistic work with our family. We had a tent. Our first tent seated uh, 150 people. And our second tent uh, seated about, I think, 300. Then we had a tent seated 1,000. And we had a tent that seated 3,000. And then we had a tent that we, the last tent we bought uh, from a Reverend Shambach, I think, seated almost 10,000. We had two semi-trucks and 8,000 chairs, and we did tent crusades all over the country. Uh, we, I even bought an ambulance and offered one-way ambulance service to the meeting to get healed. And uh, we did all kinds of crazy stuff, but we won a lot of people to the Lord, and our family was a singing family. And uh, we advertised and uh, had uh, our daughter, Becky, we called her the world's youngest song leader, and she'd lead a song or two at three years old. We had a lot of fun. And uh, the phone call story, everybody is always moved by that because a lot of people talked about it. And it never happened to me before and never happened to me since. But um, when I was... Traveling and my family in a bus, we pulled off the road in Ohio to uh, eat something, and uh, I stayed in the bus. I I wasn't hungry, and I was uh, trying to figure out some things in my life. I was a little discouraged, and um, uh, Robert Schuler came on TV. I turned the TV on in the bus, and he said, "Let me tell you what your problem is," and I thought. What's he talking about? He said, your problem is you need to walk away from your yesterdays. Well, I didn't know what that meant. And I thought, what's he talking about? So I turned him off. I didn't like him. And uh, then I walked down the street to get a, a Pepsi. 
And uh, on the way back, I was going by a gas station. They had those uh, phone booths out in front, the kind of with a screen and you walk inside, you know, the old fashioned kind. And the phone was ringing and ringing and ringing. So I thought maybe it's an emergency call for someone in the gas station. So I went up to the phone and I said, hello. And the operator said, long distance call, uh, person to person for Ken Gobb. And I, I said, you're crazy. I, I'm not, I, that's me, but I, I'm not doing any. I'm just walking down the street. And she said, well, is he there? And I said, yeah, I'm him. She said, are you sure? I said, yes, I'm Ken Gobb. And uh, then I heard somebody say, I believe that's him. I believe that's him. And I thought, man, I must be on candid camera or something. And I looked around, didn't see anything. And, and uh, a lady came on and she was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. She was going to commit suicide. And she said, God gave me your phone number. Are you in your office in California? I said, my office is in Yakima, Washington. And she said, well, where are you at? I said, lady, you made the call. I'm in Ohio. She said, what are you doing there? I said, well, I'm answering the phone. And uh, the rest is history, just about. I prayed with her, and uh, she was a Christian, but she had some struggles. And I prayed with her, and... Um, I, when I left the phone booth, I couldn't believe it happened myself. And I was walking back to the bus. My family came out of the restaurant and I hollered across the parking lot. And I said to my wife, Barb, I said, uh, God knows where we are. And she said, are you OK? <laughs> I said, yeah, I think so. But I said, you won't believe what happened. The phone was ringing. It was for me. And I led a woman to the Lord to pray with her and help her through her struggle. And uh, it just was something that the family, I said, don't ever tell nobody this because we have a good reputation. Nobody ever believed this. I hardly believe it myself and it happened to me. And so we left and we went to a meeting and I had to, I don't know what it was, but I had to tell somebody. So I told a pastor, I said, I got to tell you what happened is crazy. And I told him, and so he got up in the meeting. Uh, he was there for something, and he got up in this meeting and said, Ken Gobb, come up here. You've got to tell this story that happened to you just a while ago. And I, I, there it was. I had to do it. And I, I told him, and I thought, nobody believe it. People wept and cried, clapped, laughed, you know, every, it was a, a, something else. And then from there... I uh, put it in a book called God's Got Your Number that has circled the world, many languages, and so on. So God knows where we are at all times. Nothing, I don't believe anything in life happens by chance with God. God doesn't say, oh my goodness, I never expected that to happen. He knows what's going to happen in advance in our lives. He leads and guides us. And uh, I always am amazed at how God has worked miracles that I've seen in my life because we trusted God. We, we simply believed God. It nothing to do with anything else but just simple faith. And it works, Adam. I believe faith really works. And he's always looking out for us. 
We do some dumb things in life, but God looks out for us. God told Joshua that I will fight your battles for you. How great is that, that God will fight our battles? I believe to this day that God is fighting our battles. I told a lot of people the other day that the devil whispered in my ear since my wife passed away and, and uh, said to me, can you cannot get, get through the struggle of finances and everything you face in the ministry without your wife? You cannot make it through this storm. And I told the devil, get thee behind me, Satan. I am the storm. I am going to win. I'm going to expect a miracle. And you know, miracles are happening. Every day we're seeing miracles happen and, and I give God the praise for it. And I know that God cares about us and, and even little things in our life. He cares about it. The other day, I was flying from Denver to Atlanta. And uh, I sat beside this man and I've learned in soul winning uh, timing. So I sat beside this man and he said, well, uh, what do you do? I said, I travel. He said, where do you travel? I said, I travel everywhere. What do you do while you travel? I said, I speak. He said, what do you speak on? I said, I, I speak on a lot of subjects. And he said, well, who invites you? I said, people. So I never told him anything. He didn't find out anything about me. And to tell you ahead of time, what I did not know was he was a Christian. I guess he was going to lead me to Christ. So we sat there a couple of hours, and then I heard him say, oh, my. He said, "I, oh, Lord. He said, "I, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And I thought, he's talking to God. What is he talking about? And he reached in his briefcase, and he pulled out a roll of bills, a big roll of bills with a rubber band around it, and he threw it in my lap. And I said, sir, what? What are you doing? I didn't, I didn't ask you for no money. I'm, I don't want your money. And he said, whatever God tells you to do, you have to do it. If you're going to be successful, you have to trust God. And I thought, well, what's he talking about? And he said, I, I don't know what your needs are, but this is for your personal needs. And then he said, oh, my, I forgot that. And he opened up his billfold and he had a 10 for emergency money in the back. And he took it out. And he put that in my lap. And I said, wait a minute. I, I didn't ask you for this money. And he said, well, God told me to give you all the cash I had on hand. And that's it. And then this man told me, he said, you know what? He said, 10 years ago, I wasn't living for God. And a man invited me to church to hear this guy preach in um, uh, Tucson, Arizona. And uh, he told me the name of the church and the pastor's name. And I thought, what's he talking about? I go to that church every year. And uh, he said, then this guy was told some funny stuff. And next thing I knew, he gave an invitation and a bunch of us were down in front and we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal savior. Said this guy was Ken Gobb from Yakima, Washington. And I had a mask on on the airplane. And he said, take your mask down. And I took it down. He said, you are. I said, I'm Ken Gobb. He said, you are. And he said, I, I listened to your videos and, and, uh, and I bought your books and all of that, you know. So isn't that something how God puts things together? See, nothing happens by 
accident with, with God. Well, later when I went to the hotel, there was $1,800 in 50s and 20s in that roller bills plus the $10. And it, I cried. It touched my life. I thought, you know, how does God know all these things? He knows how to take care of every need that we have, spiritual, physical, financial, emotional, whatever. God knows how to do that. My job is to trust him. My job is to believe him and to know that he cares for me and he's concerned about me. That's my job. And that's what I try to do. I try to obey the Lord in everything. And now after almost seven decades of soul winning, my wife went to be with the Lord. She was uh, 84 years old. And she closed her eyes on earth and in a split second opened them in heaven. That's the way it works. Jesus conquered death for us. So we got something to be happy about and to be thankful for. And I look forward to the day when we all go to heaven and uh, meet the Lord who died for us. He paid the price for us to have a mansion in heaven. That episode was just so much fun, and you have hours upon hours of, I mean, you talked to him for a long time, didn't you? Yeah, we have a, we have a couple other stories that I think I'll put on the on YouTube, stories that didn't make the, the final edit that I think are really cool. Um, I mean, I guess when you have 60 plus years in ministry, you have a lot of fun stories to tell. Yeah, a ton. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we t- I think we talked for an hour and a half or or so, and wow. um, and I'm sure we could have talked a lot longer. Um, but he tells a story about the early years of ministry, and there's several really cool things that happened. And then he tells a story of Wanda Green, who was, um, well, you can go to YouTube and check it out. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth like five to ten extra minutes of your time to go and listen to those fun stories. They're really cool. One of the things I think that strikes me most about Ken is how much fun he has with the Lord. And I think before I was um, walking with Jesus and living life with him, I just thought Christians were uptight buddy duds that, I don't know, old people. (laughs) I know that sounds really terrible, but you don't know what you don't know, you know? And when I listened to Ken he has so much fun with the gospel, so much fun sharing it, so much fun living life with the Lord. And I think that is maybe, I mean, I was going to say, I think that's how maybe it should be, but he's just given us various giftings to be able to share with others in our unique way. And for sure, Ken's is humor. He's just hysterical. Mm. He's quite clever in how he engages people, which is also really fun. Yeah. My thing that I think is my big takeaway is the, the, the title, God Knows Where We Are, I think it's profound. So um, he knows where we are uh, physically. He knows where we are spiritually. Mm-hmm. He knows where we are emotionally. He knows where we are financially. And, you know, Ken speaks to that. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to meet all of those needs. Mm-hmm. And then... He, Ken mentions, you know, that God says that he'll fight our battles. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes we limit 
the battles that God's going to fight for us to a certain realm. Mm. But this is a whole, the gospel's holistic. God cares about all of us. And God knows about where you are in all of those areas. Mm. And it's a matter of, do you believe, you know, Ken also says faith works. So the, the, what our job is to, is to believe it. And, yeah. And to um, cultivate that belief through, you know, prayer, through, you know, all the disciplines. But mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, there is a responsibility to, for us to remind ourselves, to renew our mind of what the truth. And um, so I, I just, I thought Ken's story about, you know, hey, God knows that's an incredible story, first of all. And that's yeah. why we wanted to reach out to him was... <laughs> That phone thing is just it blows my mind, but the the idea that God knows where we are, I think, is really profound. And believing that is is really the the, the daily Christian life makes living life a whole lot easier, doesn't it? If we believe that, if we really believe that, it changes how we do everything. And then you can approach circumstances with a confidence and, and a hope <laughs> and joy and. Peace. Peace that surpasses understanding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm thankful for Ken. Yeah, I'm thankful for Ken too. All right. That's it. Go check out YouTube for more fun Ken Gob stories. All right. Have a great week. Love you guys. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what he wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share His stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.